What's up, everybody? How's it going? Welcome back to Couch Takes. I'm here with Andrew again, and we got What's another up? good week of stuff. We had a lot of stuff happen this week. Um, more on it's been a good week. I mean, to me, honestly, it seemed like this was more of a pop culture week, if you will. Like it was huge. I mean, you had Endgame come out, and you had Game of Thrones, obviously, probably the biggest episode of its run. Um, and I think, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about both of those things as we go in. So why don't we just start out with our favorite things of the week? Andrew, you want to start? Yes, I do. And I think this is the one, everyone, it's another one. I guess everyone can really decide what my thing is before we go into the episode. I, I'm sure I know thing what it is. is Avengers Endgame. There Dude, it is. that movie was so good. Well, um, I try to be... I try to be unbiased and objective about it because I knew I was excited about it, you know, so I don't want to act like it was the greatest movie I've ever seen because I've seen people say that and I'm like, yeah, I don't feel that way at all. Great movie. I've seen it twice. I oh, really, that's right. Yeah, you did go see it twice. You told me you were. Yeah, I explained that on the episode last week where I kind of got caught up. I didn't want to go see it the opening night, but I kind of got caught up in it. But you know, I mean, I guess I'm glad I saw it twice. It was really great. Um I'm not going to spoil it because that would be pretty rude, especially since well, the movie just came out. Well, but. Let's try something different. Did you experience anything different the second time you saw it versus the first time? Um, I th Well, okay, so the second time I saw it, I think I was more excited to see the reactions of my friends that I went with, like to see, because I knew how I had felt about what happened. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of like, you know, get a feel of the room and like how they experienced it so i guess that was different for me because i wasn't all in on the second time i watched it but i still felt like like i, I can't i can't go too deep into it because i don't want to ruin it at all for anybody but there was like just certain things that happened that i was like like it's going to be sad every time i watch it really you know like the movie it just it, it's a great movie it's just sad that it's over i guess you see i understand that and you know me and uh Trent were talking about this, and we, we were talking, we were saying, like, like I, obviously I don't feel anything for it because I haven't kept up with it, and, you know, I I might see this movie eventually, but it's not going to be Do you know what happens? Soon. Yeah, I know what happens. Like, okay, I figured Trent would tell you. Yeah, it's like, I don't care, so, but I was like, I want to know what's going on, so Trent, just tell me. Tell me everything I need to know. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, but as he was kind of explaining this, you know, it made me realize, like, while I don't care for it, I can understand why someone like you and Trent would... Because especially since this all started in like what two thousand eight with Iron Man and all that, yeah, the first movie is two thousand eight, yeah. So that's been eleven years, and you were what ten at the time? Um, in two thousand eight, yeah. Uh, no, no. Do you not know Wait, your age? Yes, nope. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Okay. I was trying to do math. <laughs> yes, no. I was. I was. No, yes. Okay. So I understand that. So this has been over half your life where you've been watching this one series and now it's coming to an end. So I can understand the hype. And, and it, so while I don't really, while it's not my cup of tea, I, I can understand. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I understand that. And that's why I was kind of trying to encourage you. You know, it's so much to watch. Like it's 22 movies. Yeah. Trent and they're like, not all great either. There's some of them that are not that incredible. Yeah, he was like, but they're all worth it. Trent's like, you really shouldn't like get caught up and go see it. And I was like, I, I was like, I have no motivation to watch 20 movies in a week and go watch, and go watch another three I wouldn't hour even want to do that. I wouldn't even want to do that now. Like, so, even though I've seen them all I, and I know how much I like them, I wouldn't want to watch them all like right now. I couldn't do that in a week. It's just so much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm glad it lived up to the hype for you, at least from what I understand, it ended pretty satisfying. 
Um, yeah, I would say so. I was I was satisfied with the way it all ended. It definitely. I was telling Trent this, and I don't think this is a spoiler for me to say this. I texted Trent about it the other day, and I was like, you know, after watching the movie, it kind of makes me want that. Like, I feel like I've now gotten a um, what's the word I want to use? Uh, what's I guess when you're like too tired, like you're kind of tired of something now. Burnout? I guess fatigue. I guess like Avengers yeah. fatigue. Like I feel like if they keep going, I can feel that fatigue coming on. And that's exactly what they what they're doing with Star Wars right now. They're putting yeah, out no, so yeah, much and it's just honestly low quality stuff from what people are used to. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean Well, I don't know, dude. It's just one of those things where I was like, I want to see more of this stuff, but maybe they should take some time. Well, have you ever seen Breaking Bad? Yes, I've seen it, yeah. Well, then obviously you know that it's only got five seasons in it, but the show yeah. went out at its height. You know what I mean? Like there was never oh, like yeah, a drop definitely. in viewership. It consistently went up all the way to the last episode, then it stopped. Definitely. Personally, I think that's the best way to do it. And it's the same thing with Game of Thrones right now. Don't drag it out too yeah. long. Tell the story and get out while you're still number one, you know? Oh, yeah. This being the last season is going to work really, really well for them numbers-wise. Oh, absolutely. And it's going it, to, like you said, they're going to go out on top, which is, I think, what the Avenger or Marvel should do. But they've already got another movie coming out, like in a couple months. Yeah, we'll see how Marvel goes Spider Man. I mean, honestly, I don't think they can sustain this type of success forever. Especially There's if they're no working. Yeah, I mean, if they're working on the same formula, eventually people are going to get tired. And I don't mean yeah. tired. Like, you're, you're just kind of like, well, I want to see more, but I'm not sure that's the right idea. Like, pe- people will genuinely be like, stop making movies, you know? Well, yeah, like, and especially I think people will understand after they see this movie, they'll be like, well, you know, I really don't know if I want them to just immediately start doing this again. Give us some like, time I don't, to breathe. I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. I just don't want to keep going to like four movies every single year. Like I'm going to get kind of tired of it. Yeah, I you know? understand. So I don't really know where they will go from here. I do know that there's a Spider-Man movie coming out within the next two months, I believe, which I mean, like I like Spider-Man a lot, so I'll definitely go see it, but I just don't know. I really don't. Yeah, I, I'm not a big movie goer. I don't have the financial freedom to go see a movie every two weeks. So. Oh no, I don't go see a movie every two weeks. I usually just go to the movies if it's a big one. You know. I got you. I don't. I, got you. I don't go see like. I think the only movie that's not like massive that I'll probably go out of my way to go to the movies to see is like stuff like, like I like the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise. Those are entertaining movies. I think the last and movie that's I like went a to go weird see, thing to bring up, but the yeah, last one I went to go see was Incredibles two. <laughs> And before yeah, that, see, I, I saw tell that you. one too. Well, see, that's one of those like movies where it's like you've waited so long that like everyone kind of wants to go see that movie. Yeah, you know? I took my sister to go see it because that was a yeah, like that was one of our favorite movies growing up. So yeah, exactly. So there's nothing wrong with that. Like those are the only kind of movies that I'll go see regularly, regularly as far as like Marvel and Star Wars and all that. But if it's not like a massive blockbuster, usually I'm probably just gonna wait till it comes out. Yeah, I see what you Netflix mean. or something like that. So. To go for my favorite thing of the week, it's, I mean, it's just sports straight up. I, it's pretty cliche, but dude, the NFL draft, it kills me every year. I absolutely love it. It was a good it. one. Yeah, I well, mean. Well, I say it was a good one. There was no, it, it wasn't like in years past where I was like, holy crap, what an incredible draft. There's so many huge names, but every year it has something new to give you. There was always, like there was something in there. It seemed almost every round that it just kind of confused me. And I'm sure we'll touch on that. But dude, mm-hmm. I've been telling everyone this and I might've mentioned it last week on the podcast. But the draft is like Christmas for me. I love it. I watch. I try to watch every second that I can, and I only missed, uh, I think, the sixth round this year. That's the only round that I missed. I watched the rest of it. You but, watched the seventh round too? 
Oh yeah, I'm telling. I watch all of it. I can't. Yeah, get I mean, no, I keep up with all of it. I definitely. I see. I missed actually the first round because I was watching the Avengers. So that's right. I text you. I said you want updates, and then you never responded. So I was like, eh, you'll see uh, when I put he gets my out. phone on. I put my phone on do not disturb. Yeah, I figured you didn't, but I was like, I'll offer. You know, because you yeah, missed. I, I, you missed the biggest moment of the draft. Um, oh yeah. Well, I'm assuming I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, so I figured we could do something a little fun. Do you want to? I figured we could try to pick the team that we think won the draft. What do you think? Yeah, we can do that, but I don't know if you necessarily. It takes a few years to really oh, find out who this won the draft. This is just a knee-jerk gut reaction. Who do you think won? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. I'm okay with that. You want to go first? Uh, I can, yeah. So I was looking at every team, and to me, you win the draft not necessarily by getting the biggest names, but really filling the holes you need. And, you know, obviously you're going to get a big name in the first round. Everybody gets a big name in the first round for the most part. Yeah. Unless I guess you get like a, you know, a guard or a tackle or something like that. But so for me, I said the Baltimore Ravens. I thought they did exactly what their game plan has been for, you know, since they got Lamar Jackson. Um, I loved the Hollywood Brown pick, dude. I was like, I mean, like Lamar Jackson, you could watch him play last year and then also watch him play at Louisville. That dude just wants someone to chunk it to. He wants to run out of the pocket and sling it as hard as he can to somebody down the field. And that's who Hollywood Brown is. They're hoping is going to be, I would assume. I think that's, he, what, that's what Lamar wants bad. Yeah, I really think that he's the best one in the draft, the best receiver. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I was hoping uh, either the Packers or, you know, the Patriots or somebody like that would pick him up with like a huge, you know, quarterback that they could just chunk it to, you know. But I love the pick for Lamar. I think it's going to help him grow. Um, and, the, and they didn't have a second-round pick, but for their uh, third-round pick, they had two third-round picks, actually. They had Jalen Ferguson, the defensive end out of oh, Louisiana yeah. Tech. Oh, yeah. I liked that one a lot, too. They definitely, especially without C.J. Mosley, you know, he doesn't play the same position, but he'll get that pass rush that C.J. used to be able to provide. Oh, yeah, C.J. was a monster in the pass rush. I mean, yeah, he, exactly. I mean C.J. was the, the whole package. He could bring you oh, yeah. the pass rush, and he could also drop in coverage, and he was excellent at both. He was exactly what you're looking for in a middle linebacker, and that's big to fill. But I think with Jalen Ferguson, if they develop him right, they could get mm-hmm. that sense of pass rush, pass rush back with him, especially since they lost Terrell Suggs as well. Yeah, and I can't. I, I mean, I'm still kind of baffled at the fact that they let him go, uh, CJ Mosley. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and he's a huge Ravens fan. He loves the NFL. Um, he was kind of like, you know, I guess he was comfortable with it because they had people who you don't have someone who's going to be CJ Mosley, you know. No but one you does, have except the you Jets have now. some other guys who can fill up the spots that CJ kind of took, you know. So yeah. I guess that was kind of what he was thinking was, you know, we're not going to have one player who can do all this, but we're going to build up a team who can accomplish the same things. Yeah, so I guess I think, that's kind of his reasoning. I think that's on reasonable. That. And like, yeah, I know that you're still not high on this, but honestly, to me, his logic sounds like kind of what I think about the Raiders and the Khalil Mack thing being my team, because it's like, listen. CJ is great, but it's crippling for an organization to put that much money into one player. It is. Especially, no, it is. like, unless it's a quarterback, it's it's very hard to justify doing that. And that's the same thing that happened, that happened with Khalil Mack. So, you know, they're getting their assets, and they're trying to build up a team rather than building up one player. So I understand that reasoning for the Ravens, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then, you know, moving on, I have Miles Boykin, 
I think that was a great pick. Or I didn't have Miles Boykin. They have Miles Boykin. <laughs> but uh, they picked up the receiver out of Notre Dame. Dude, that's another guy. I'm Two just telling you, like, that's what I'm saying. They want to build up that offense. And then they took Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State, who put up, you know, pretty good numbers. He was a fourth-round pick, but that doesn't mean he can't be good. Yeah. They're just trying to build up this offense. They want it to be stacked. Yeah, my thing with um, Lamar Jackson is I think that he can be great, but I really want to see more of him as a passer, specifically as a yeah, pocket passer, if he's going to exactly. survive in the NFL. Because, obviously, he's got the legs to get it done. It's like when Johnny Manziel came in and he tried to show everybody that he could still run on defenses. Uh, newsflash, he couldn't. But Lamar has shown that he can be super shifty. Now, if he can develop oh, yeah. his passing game, he'll be a very dangerous quarterback to deal with. So, it's not going to be this year, but I'm going to say next year, twenty the 2020 season, Mm-hmm. Look for Lamar Jackson to make that jump as a passer. That's my prediction. Make a breakout. I, spe- I mean, if he's got if Miles Boykin, great receiver. Hollywood Brown, great receiver. I really like. I really like Hollywood. Yeah. So I guess you know, working in the off season, like you said, maybe not this upcoming season, but give them a year to get used to each other and really figure out what yeah, both and, sides and for the receivers like. to develop. Yeah, exactly. I really see that breaking out. Now I don't know if like you watched said, much of Hollywood Brown when he was at Oklahoma, which oh yeah, obviously you oh, know yeah. he's Antonio Brown's cousin. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you look at him and look at Antonio, they look like, I'm not saying they play like, but they look like the same player on the field. They're built exactly the same. Hollywood is just as fluid as Antonio. I mean, if, great, great um, route runners. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with the, those Oklahoma Heisman quarterbacks and number one overall picks that Hollywood got to play with, I mean, he's been dealing with some high level talent against some high level opponents. I think he's got a chance to be really good, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. I like him a lot, like I said. And then, you know, after the exit of Flacco, I think they kind of needed somebody, not necessarily who could just, like, take over and be a great backup for Lamar, but I do like how they picked up Trace McSorley in the sixth round. I thought Trace McSorley oh, was a someone. solid college quarterback, and now they've kind of – I wouldn't say they've beefed up their quarterback room, but they've added a few extra numbers to it and uh, made it look a lot better than it was. Yeah, and I just want to say with that, I don't think Trace McSorley was a godsend or anything. I think oh, he no. was just an okay quarterback in college, but not bad. You know what I mean? So I think he that's got the a, job done usually. He was not ever going to be drafted to be a starting quarterback. He was going mm-hmm. to be drafted to be a backup. And I think the Ravens hit the nail on the head with this one, you know? Because yeah, not that's, only yeah. because not only is he a decent quarterback, he has a completely different play style than Lamar. So just in case something happens, at least you got something else that can that can come in and and just create a different offense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully it works out for them. He'll be a good uh, hole filler for Flacco's exit. Uh, anyone else that the Ravens picked up? Uh, I don't know. Um, sure they had some extra picks, but those were just the ones that stood out to me. You know, like I said, dude, I love Hollywood. I've said that over and over. I mean, there's no cooler nickname than Hollywood, dude. <laughs> like that is a boss nickname. For those of you who don't know, his real name's not Hollywood. So, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a cool nickname, it's Marquise. though. Is it Marquise? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Marquise Brown. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'd much rather be called Hollywood. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> you want to start calling me Hollywood? No, I don't. <laughs> Drew Man, that's good enough. Drew Man, you never call me Drew Man. What's funny is I call you Drew Man to everyone except you. Like, are you serious? Like, I don't even know when why I'm not around. Yeah, all the time. That's kind of weird. Come on now, Trey. No, like seriously, like <laughs> seriously. If, like if my roommate's not here and like we're about to record, I'll text him. I'll say, Hey, me and Drew Man are about to record. <laughs> like, well, don't the, knock okay, on my door. 
Well, the, all that started, that's not really my nickname. My parents just called me that when I was a kid. Yeah, I know. And my roommate, yeah, like, you know Nick, my roommate, he, like, just heard my mom call me that one day on the phone. And then he, like, just started telling everybody, including Trey, that my new nickname was Drew Man, which is kind of a goofy nickname. Exactly. Like, that's something your parents call you that when you're a kid and your name's Andrew. Oh, I don't that's think literally it's, all it is. I don't think it's... My, my parents called me T-Ray, but that, that, that never got no, out except for Ryan. Yeah, they did. Well, my mom no, did. did. My dad. <laughs> T-Ray. That's pretty good. I kind of like that. Yeah. That ain't too bad. Okay. Uh, so what is your... Uh, what was your favorite draft team, I guess, draft class from a team? So this one, I, I know we talked about this one a little bit, but I knew after day two that this was the team that I thought won the draft. But I got to say it was a little bit closer. At first, I was thinking Patriots because I think they picked up a lot of low-key players that can really help with them. Because, like, th- this mm-hmm. is th- again, Patriots aren't my pick, but I just want to give them a little shout-out because they got Nikhil Harry, they got Chase Winovich, they got um, Damian Harris from Alabama, uh, and they got that uh, Norwegian guy from Arkansas, Jolte. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, I think the Patriots killed it. But my pick is actually the Washington Redskins. Okay. So just to start out, I wrote down a few notes about all these, but Dwayne Haskins is the one you got to mention, right? The oh, Redskins absolutely. are sitting there at 15, and Dwayne steal. Haskins fell into their lap. And I think me and yeah. you were talking, Dwayne Haskins was our favorite quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have to do anything to get him except sit there. Well, that's, I mean, that's incredible another, for them. An, I mean, another team in their division kind of screwed up, so. Yeah. <laughs> So they we'll did. we'll get we'll get to that, but you can continue, Trey. Okay, so then the Redskins come up with another draft uh, pick in the first round. They get Montez Sweat, which I know you were super high on. Yeah, I liked that pick a lot, almost Everyone, more than the Haskins pick. But the reason I like the Haskins pick more is just because, like we said, favorite QB in the draft. Plus, they kind of needed it after Alex Smith went down last year. Absolutely, uh, and. But Montez Sweat, you know, you get this absolute freak of nature. Everyone knows who he is at this point. But um, but him plus all those other Alabama guys they got on the D-line and in, uh, in their front seven, mm-hmm. I really think that that's going to help them out. But obviously, if he's there, you got to take him, right? Oh, absolutely, I feel like yeah. 26 was a good spot for Montez Sweat to go. Dude, their whole defense is going to be all SEC. Mostly Alabama, but the entire defense is going to be SEC. Uh, and speaking of Alabama, they also picked up Rosh Pierce-Baker. Uh, from Alabama, and uh, obviously you know who he is, but for those of you who don't, Ross Pierce-Becker was the uh, center for Alabama, and I think I saw a stat that said he had more career starts than any other lineman under Saban. So I thought was it him? I'm, I thought I, it was. Well, we had two. Uh, we had two offensive linemen go this year. Him and Jonah Williams. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Pierce-Becker. It probably but, was because I think he started from like day one his freshman yeah, year. Yeah, I think he's. I, I think he was a four year starter. And he uh, and they got him in the, like the fifth round, which I thought was yeah, kind of low because I thought he was a I thought he was a pretty good center in college. So I mean, for a fifth round pick for him, and then going back to the fourth round, they picked up Bryce Love, which if you don't remember, Bryce Love was a Heisman candidate just the year before before he got injured. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, now they have Darius Geis and Bryce Love. Now they're both coming off injuries, but even if you hit on one of those, you're golden. You know what I mean? Because both oh, of them yeah. are phenomenal running backs. Um. But then I kind of had a wild card to throw in because that that's like the big name. Because you know, four big names in a draft, that's good for them, you know? Yeah, but no, it is. There was one that I saw that wasn't a big name, but I think he can really contribute with them. His name's Hulk, uh, Cole Holcomb from North Carolina. Okay. So he was uh, second team All-ACC last year. 
and he had 105 tackles and four forced fumbles at a linebacker position, which I thought was really good numbers considering the, uh, what am I trying to say, the competition in the ACC. So, and, and I think they got him as a, with a sixth round. So I'm like, for a sixth round linebacker, I think that's a good pick. So, so good for the Redskins. I think they got this draft on lock. Obviously, we won't know for a few years, but as a gut reaction, I think that that's the, I think that we both kind of nailed it on those. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, one thing that makes me really, really nervous about the Haskins pick for the Ravens, not so much for, like, I think, yeah, not so much that I think that he that he was a bad pick, because I don't, I think he's the best pick for them, but it makes me nervous looking at it, because I don't know if you've seen their schedule, but dude, they start off the year, they've got a pretty brutal schedule, and it makes me nervous looking at their quarterback room, and I'm like, dude, Colt McCoy's not the guy. Alex Smith is hurt, so they're probably going to shove Dwayne Haskins out there pretty quick if they don't start doing something ASAP, you know? Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I see Colt McCoy probably getting the start for the season, but I think if he doesn't immediately jump out there and start doing something, they'll throw in Dwayne Haskins pretty quick, and that scares me. I mean, dude, they start off at Philly. I mean, that's probably a loss. Philly's great. They have a great pass rush. Dude, you know how scary that would be for a rookie quarterback to go out there and play that team? Mm-hmm. Especially on the road. Yeah, then they play the field. Cowboys. They play the Cowboys. Great team. Probably going to be a playoff team. Maybe even a title contender. I really like what they had going on this offseason. They have the Bears. Fantastic defense. You got Khalil Mack. You got the Giants, which the Giants probably wouldn't be too bad. But that's on the road at a rival. That's scary. Next week, then they play the Patriots. Dude. Like, I mean, That's honestly, all this, this is a brut- brutal stretch just to start the season, and I'm pretty sure they're going to throw him out there quick, and that makes me nervous for him, makes me nervous for the Redskins. I mean, I see the defense handling their own. I, I mean, obviously, Montez Sweat and all of them, they're not going to get nervous, you know, playing on defense. But, like, when all these people are running at you, all these teams, they're all – like, when you're the quarterback, you have so much pressure on you. And when you start off like that, I mean, that's that's going to be hard to deal with, and it makes me nervous for him. Yeah, I got to say, I think, like, a part of me believes that Colt McCoy will get the start for the season, and I hope I he think does. So. However, I do want to say I think Dwayne Haskins was the most pro-ready quarterback of this draft. I agree. But I always think it's beneficial for a quarterback to sit at least a few games. If not, if, if you can afford yeah. it, a whole season, you know? Yeah, exactly. See, you got to have time to grow. And plus, with him... Not, and this isn't a knock on him. I'm not sure if he has the attitude of, I'm going to sit. You know what I mean? He's yeah. going to go in there like, oh, I need to start right now. Well, I mean, everyone is. I mean, I'm, I would say 95% of quarterbacks that come into the NFL don't want to be backups. No. God, Especially no, not no. when you're as talented as Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. No, that's true. I just, I don't know. It makes me nervous for him going into it, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess all you can do is hope for the best because honestly... I mean, obviously, I don't like Ohio State that much. I don't have a problem with Dwayne Haskins, and I'm just really happy for the Redskins here. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't think know why. I just kind of feel some sympathy for them. But. Yeah. If it wasn't for that brutal schedule, honestly, they'd, they'd probably really, really start the season hot. Right, right. But, I mean, that's just that's a rough stretch of games, and I don't really know how they're going to respond, especially with a team that's – I mean, like, they're still rebuilding, honestly. They are. Oh, yeah. But, um, and it hurts when you lose your quarterback like that, too. So, in other news in the sports world, uh, NBA playoffs are going pretty interesting, actually, this year. Yeah, there's a lot of headlines going around with this year's playoffs. So, yeah. like, every single every single round has been, like, you know, a different story, different story every single day. Oh, absolutely. Every game creates a new headline. It's nuts. 
No, I mean, it's kind of been too much drama. I mean, I love it. I love the drama, but it's been almost like, okay, maybe you guys should calm down and just play some basketball. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest like indicator of that to me is the Rockets and Warriors series right now. Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. Every game they're complaining. Yeah, Warriors are up 2-0, but the Rockets will not stop complaining about the, the refs. Now, I will say the refs did miss some calls, but they do that, A, every game, and B, you cannot say the Rockets aren't the most aren't the most benefiting team from the referees in the entire league. Oh, it's unreal. It's honestly unfair. It, it frustrates me to watch it. And I was uh, getting in, I wouldn't say it was an argument, but we kind of had a disagreement, me and my roommate, because I was like, dude, I mean, James Harden, he should go to freaking Hollywood and start in a movie. I've never seen somebody who can act like he can. The guy won't even touch him. And like, I wish people could see me right now because I do a great James Harden impersonation, I think. <laughs> dude. The guy won't even be touched, and he'll fly back five feet like someone punched him in the gut. I know, man. I mean, it's unreal, and it's frustrating to watch it. Like, honestly, you should be fined, like, unreal money for doing that if you keep doing it after they already told you to stop. Yeah, I think it, it takes integrity away from it. It's like, he's almost as bad as Marcus Smart, man. No, and it makes me kind of feel bad for the refs, because everyone's, like, yelling at the refs, like, whoa, whoa, that was a foul, that was a foul. And, and, and I'm sitting there watching, like, dude, I mean, if you sit here and watch it on TV, and they zoom in, like, dude, he didn't even get touched. And this foul that happened the other day, I guess it was game one, not because game two was last night, so it was game one, and it was that last foul, um... Was it Draymond? No, yeah, I think it was Draymond covering on um, yeah, James see, Harden I on that last this, shot. But I didn't see it. He got, did he get hit in the oh, face or something? Oh gosh, no, he didn't get hit in the face. So everyone, it, it's very controversial right now because I can see why some people might think it's a foul on this one because he did get kind of, he got kind of close, but I don't think it was a foul because what happened was James Harden took the shot. And then he tried to like play it off like he had no room to land, which is a foul. That is a foul. Yeah, that it's happens. A closeout foul. Yeah, exactly. But so what happened was the reason I don't believe is a foul. The dude jumped in the air, and then when he came down, he moved his feet like forward three feet. Like he went forward oh, yeah, like three yeah, feet. I know. Like there was that's not a foul. See, I like think, that's I think not it was, closing uh, out. I think it was Bleacher Report that was posting something about the missed calls in Game One, and every single one of them. If someone gets remotely close to James Harden, he will push his feet out. He just out. falls. Yeah, yeah he and pushes he just his feet falls. out and then just lands on his butt and then expects a call. He looks around like, why yeah. didn't you call that? He knows how to play the refs, and they're finally not giving him the benefit of the doubt, and he's mad about it. No, and then there are some that are fouls. Like, I went back and oh, I yeah. watched a few of them. There were a couple where I was like, okay, yeah, no, if I'm James, that's a foul. I'd probably be upset that they didn't call that, but the ones where he really panics about and he whines about, dude, I'm like... You gotta be joking. You're like making their jobs harder and you're just making yourself look like a fool. Absolutely. It's so frustrating to watch. But besides that, I mean, Golden State, I assume, is probably gonna take the uh, series, but I will say they look human. Well, okay. They look beatable. I don't, I still think they're gonna win the title, but they look, they look human right now. I'll say this I was gonna root for the Rockets just simply because I want something new, but after they've reacted with all this, I don't care. Let them lose, you no. know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't care. I don't want James Harden to win a title right now, not the way he's acting. Yeah. I, Even and, though, I now, and I don't wanna make people think that I don't think James Harden's a great player. He's one of the best players in the league, and I understand that, but his ability to manipulate the refs. And to do all these things that he's been doing is really frustrating to watch from a fan standpoint. And I agree. But, so, um, dude, in, in other know. series, there's still a lot of crazy stuff going on because it's like, it seems to be back and forth in every series right now. Because, like, you yeah. can look at Milwaukee 
in Boston. Uh, Boston completely destroyed Milwaukee in game one. Milwaukee did that to Boston in game two, you know? Yeah, and I'm very curious to see where it's going to go after this because I think now, like, I hope there's no more blowouts. I hope every game is close because I love seeing the attitudes of Kyrie, Giannis. Like, it's so much fun watching them get, like, tired, hyped up, going down to the last second in these games. Like, it's so much fun, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, that That was, like, the end of the sixers Net series, how it came down in game five. Just yeah. absolutely nuts game, and then uh, Mike Scott hits the three with like 30 seconds left, and the Sixers clinch the game. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, that's, now, that's the type I, of stuff you want to see. Yeah, exactly. And I, now I will say, um, I guess my prediction is I got Toronto playing Milwaukee in the conference finals. I don't think the 76ers are good enough to win a seven-game series versus the Raptors, but I do think it'll probably go to you know six games, I, but I just don't see it going to seven. I do think uh, Toronto's going to take that one. I think that's a completely and, fair assessment, even coming from a Sixers fan. Um, yeah. I mean, I after game one in Toronto with Philly, yikes, that was bad. And I Dude, didn't get to see either game. I just, you know, I'd look up the highlights and I'd look at the stats. It was bad at game one, and they pulled off a close one in game two. So I Yeah, mean, they did. If they can... Listen, if they can get one game at home over the next two game stretch, their hardest challenge is going to be stealing game five on the road in Toronto. And if oh, they can do yeah. that, they've got the series. Well, but see, and then I don't think they'll do it. Well, the one thing about the 76ers is when I watch, and you might disagree, when I'm watching them, I just keep waiting on Ben Simmons to take it to the next level. I'm waiting on everything that everybody has said about him to happen, but I just haven't seen it. I well, don't see Ben Simmons as ever taking it to that level where like, oh my God, he could be one of the best players in the league right now. I don't see that. I don't understand why everyone has say has been saying that since he came into the league because it has never sh- he's never shown that ever. I he just agree. sits there and he does random stuff in the in the offseason. He's not I mean, I'm sure he's training and practicing, but it just I don't see any growth. Well listen, I'll agree and disagree on this one, okay? I think he's a consistently good player, and this is where I'm agreeing with you. I don't think he's I don't think he's top ten or anything, obviously. He's not improving is my problem. Yeah, so I mean like he'll give you seventeen, eight and eight, um, which is a good stat line, but people are expecting more out of him. But the only yeah, the only way uh, I'll disagree with you is he has shown it. And that's what I will like against Brooklyn. He put up like 31, 12, and seven or something like that in one game. That's a great game. You know what I mean? So, I mean, no, it is. No, it is. That's that's my point is if he could do that on a consistent basis, then yeah, he's there and he's flashed it, but he hasn't flashed it consistently. So, I guess we'll just have to see where it goes. But he is improving slower than I would like. And I don't know how much I mean, that comes the dude down to coaching can't even or how shoot the ball. <laughs> I don't Not know, worth man. a bit. I mean, he is one of the worst shooting all-star players I have ever seen in my life. For, from a position where he should be able to shoot, at least. That's the thing. Like, it's obviously, like, I don't expect a center to be able to shoot the ball from, you know, the three. But, like, dude, come on. He cannot shoot anything. Yeah, I mean, it's the hard truth. That's what it is. I mean, again, I hope he improves, but... I think he's a good player. I do think he's a good player. It's just like, I just don't see any improvement from him year after year. And I'm, I keep waiting on that next step and I just don't see it. Right. But anyway, uh, Denver, Portland, I think that that, I mean, I don't know about that series. Cause I said last week that I don't think Denver is who we all think they are. I think they're a great team. I mean, obviously they're a great team. They're the number two seed, but 
they're not I don't think they'd beat Houston in a series. I don't think they'd beat Golden State in the series. Absolutely not. And I don't think I don't think they're gonna beat Portland, but I guess they always could. They could always shock me, but there I do not see them making it all the way to the finals. There's no way. Yeah, I don't think Denver's a bad so team shocked. in the slightest, but I'm gonna say Portland and six, maybe even five. Yeah, no, I, I say Portland and six probably is my prediction, I would say. And then I, I'm sure everyone will agree with me for the most part. They'll probably end up playing Golden State in the conference finals. Yeah, I, I don't see a way that the Rockets come back and win that series. No, especially not with all these emotions that have been going on. I don't, I don't see them the really stepping it up. Yeah, exactly. I just don't, they kind of seem like they're being very, I don't know, they're just kind of sitting back and letting it happen ah, to them. me. Yeah, exactly. That's literally what it seems like, and so I don't see them taking that series. Honestly, I would not be 100% shocked if Golden State won it in four or five games. I really (laughs) wouldn't. Not the way Houston – I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Golden State is feeling themselves, even though I said they look human. But Houston – I don't know. Clippers are doing a better job against Golden State than Houston is. Hey, you're right. You know? Yeah. I mean, honestly. Because they're playing with that teamwork, man. The we can do attitude. Exactly. So one thing about the NBA playoffs that is kind of when I think of the NBA, I really probably shouldn't think of this, but it always makes me think of that series on uh, YouTube from Bleacher Report. You can watch it on YouTube or Bleacher Report's website, all that. The uh, Game of Zones. Yeah, Game of Zones. Dude, okay, for those of you who haven't seen it, it is hilarious. It is a really, really good show. Like they do great impersonations of all the big name players in the league. But it's a uh, parody of the NBA slash Game of Thrones. And that kind of makes me, every time I watch the NBA now, it makes me think of Game of Thrones for some reason. Because I'll like look at the players and I'll think of their character in that show. Yeah. So I want to use that as a way to talk about Game of Thrones. Oh, what do you think about you know, this week's... Andrew, mm-hmm. I had the reaction to this episode like <laughs> you had the reaction to Endgame. Like, okay. Like, again, I'm not trying to overreact. But after this episode, and again, not going to spoil anything because this is the biggest episode of the series. Yeah. But honestly, dude, after this episode ended, I just kind of turned it off and just kind of sat there and looked at my TV for a minute. And I was like, what just happened? Like, I was in a state of just like, I I didn't know what to say. Because like, Trent text me, you text me, uh, Evan would all text me. And I was just... I didn't know what to say, man. I was like, I don't... Yeah. It's like it took so much to comprehend because it was an hour and a half long, you know, for one episode, Mm -hmm. which is pretty nuts when you think about it. It's the longest episode in the whole series, right? Yeah, but the the next three, the next three episodes, the last three of the series are also going to be the same length. So, and and that's what's crazy to me is like, it's like this episode ended and they've still got three more episodes. And they've still yeah, got so a lot more know. stuff to do. It's amazing. So I guess this next three episodes is going to be about the you know the battle for King's Landing. I'm assuming. I, I mean, I, I don't think it'll it start next episode. I honestly, this might be a bad prediction, but I kind of predict that next episode is going to be kind of boring. See, I really do. I think it's going to be a lot of talking and politics. The next episode. See, that's why you're looking at it wrong, man. That stuff is just as interesting if you go into it with the right attitude, because the whole show is based around politics and that's honestly what it is it's medieval politics and and i don't know it's, that stuff interests me a lot and well, i see it. that's why you liked episode one and i thought episode one was kind of subpar well episode one of uh season eight i guess i should say and game of thrones uh, and uh star wars i mean right <laughs> yeah oh yeah 
No, but so I was kind of, I don't know, the episode, which shocks me that it has the second lowest Rotten Tomatoes rating of all the episodes in the series. What, Game of Thrones? Yeah, I don't know if you know that, but this past week's episode has the second lowest uh, tomato rating in the whole series. Yeah, I find that ridiculous. I think people set their expectations too high and then take it out on the show when it doesn't meet their ridiculously high standards. I think if you, well, I know you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, but like we said, we don't want to spoil it. But what happened at the end, you know, with who did what, you know, I think a lot of people did not expect that, myself included, did not see that person being the one to do it. Well, see, you know, and, my, my roommate doesn't watch it, so I'm sitting in my apartment alone because, again, no one up here I know watches it, so I'm just sitting here watching it with all the lights off because I couldn't see anything. And and then that part happened, and I just went, I went, yo! Like, I'm, I just started screaming. And oh, then I, yeah. after the episode was over, I walked into my roommate's room and I said, hey, I just want to apologize. I got a little uh, I got a little rowdy in there. but I mean, it was unreal. I did not see that coming at all. Oh, they... I think they faked almost everyone out there. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't mind that part at all. I thought it was really cool how they did that. Because oh, it, yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, because it brought that character, it brought their arc kind of in a, in a full circle because they started out as this one type of character and then they went through this huge transformation and they ended up as this type. I know that's super vague. I'm trying to keep it that way. But I think it was brilliant how they did that throughout the course of the whole show. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, I have seen a lot of, this isn't a spoiler, I guess, but I've seen a lot of complaints that people say the episode is too dark. I mean, I watched it in the dark anyway with all the lights off, so I guess I could see it fine. But if you watched it with all the lights on, I guess I could see it being a little hard to see what was happening. Yeah, and I get but, that, but it's like it also, I mean, at the same time, it's a night episode, so. Yeah, exactly. So you would think that it's going to be, I mean, any movie or TV show can be hard to watch if it's a night scene and you have the lights on. Right. Right. Like literally anything. So there's not really a reason to complain about that, in my opinion, because when, like I said, when I turned my lights off, I could see it just fine. There was no complaining from me. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that one. But overall, I think we both agree it was a good episode. Um, I, like it didn't go any way that I thought it was going to go. So I thought that was exciting. No idea where the show's going to go from here, but I'm excited to see it. Three more episodes left, man. Like you said, what an incredible weekend for pop culture. Exactly. Avengers Endgame, Game of Thrones, and that was the most watched episode uh, as far as like opening night for the episode in the whole series, right? Uh, as far I didn't, as I'm, as far I didn't as I'm see that, but it, it wouldn't is. surprise me at all. Because like I yeah. said, it's just like Breaking Bad. They're going out at their height, you know what I mean? They're getting more episodes. Yeah. They're getting more viewers every episode. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, America is watching this show right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just America, the world, man. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people like this show. Well, I think it had like 18 million viewers uh, as soon as it was uploaded. Because, you know, you can watch it on like HBO Go and all that. You don't have to watch it on live television. So like as soon as it went up, as soon as it came on TV, I want to say the weekend rating was like 18 million viewers. Right, right, right. Which is really, really big for a TV show, especially in one day. So, so. Um, I know I mentioned it just like a little sentence a few minutes ago. Um but yeah, dude, uh, when we were talking about the politics in this show, honestly, <laughs> I know where you're going. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because honestly, I don't think it's worth the argument, but I just want to address it because I know we brought this up and then never mentioned it again. I kind of unironically like the Star Wars prequels better than the original trilogy. You're insane. Now you are insane. Let, you're on crazy pills. Just listen. Just listen. Okay. Just listen. I'm just going to plead my case. 
You can disagree. That's fine. I just want to say that I think the storyline of the first three was better than the original one, but the execution was better in the original trilogy. By that I mean I love the politics stuff where it's like there's a huge military, like not really a military coup, I guess, but there's a huge coup. Um, Palpatine comes in power, takes over everything, kills all the Jedi. Sorry for the 20 years late spoiler. Um, but to me, that stuff intrigues me, how you can have these twists and turn. And it's like, you know, at the end of episode three, Revenge of the Sith, it's like, it's not a happy ending, you know? Which, I get it, it's a prequel, and then it leads into another trilogy, which is a happy ending. But I think the original trilogy is more of just like, go here, do this, go here, do this, we just won. Okay, so before I go in on this, do you think that the new trilogy is the worst one? Yes. Okay. See, I think a lot of people have that opinion. Oh, and let me rephrase this. I don't think that the original trilogy is bad. I don't think you it's just like, think it's the worst out of the three trilogies. No, the original. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. I was th- I thought you said the new trilogy. No, no, no. The original, the, the new trilogy is bordering on bad. The original trilogy is not bad at all. Um, I think it might be a little overhyped for what it is, and it was great for the time that it came out. I just personally mm-hmm. like the storyline a little bit better in the prequels, but the execution wasn't that good. Okay. Well, so that, like that's literally my whole case. Like I don't have an- animosity towards either one. It's just I, I don't know. I'm trying to sound as rational as possible. Yeah, I understand. Um, I don't really get why. Okay, so I guess as I've gotten older, I've realized that maybe I might have sort of a bias to the prequels just because uh, I, I that's the ones I grew up on. And a lot of older fans don't understand that, that a lot of young people, these are the ones that we grew up on. So it's kind of unfair to, you know, kind of, I guess, I don't know, kind of ostracize us because of that. But I will say, though, you are crazy when you think that they're better than the original trilogy. I mean, dude, the original trilogy, like the storyline, dude, like, what do you mean that the story was better? You obviously just really, really enjoy fake politics. Don't understand I mean, why. Like, I like real life politics. I'll try, I try to keep up with real life politics, but dude, I don't want to see, I'm trying to be entertained. All right. I don't need to see people talking about, you know, this, that, or that. I want to see some stuff happening, which is exactly what the original trilogy gave us. It gave well, us great storyline. I mean, like, dude, Luke, I mean, no one saw Luke Skywalker's father being Darth Vader. Nobody, nobody saw that coming. I mean, that was probably one of the biggest drops in a movie that anybody has ever seen ever okay i just want to say this nothing like that happens in the prequels ever the original trilogy to me it kind of hits on what we were talking about earlier when it comes to fatigue but it's more of like battle fatigue because it's like there's so much stuff that happens and it's there's just so much fighting that it's like the battles to me just don't mean as much because they're just they're constantly thrown at you I don't think it's like that at all. I don't think there's really that many battles. I think there's just a lot no, of great I mean, storylines that are going with battles, everybody. But I mean, just like fight after fight after fight. And also, you cannot say that the prequels didn't do lightsaber battles better because they did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll completely agree with that. I one. remember after because I watched them like in numerical order. So I watched Phantom Menace first and then watched it all the way through. Um, after watching the prequels and then seeing the fight between Ben Kenobi 
and Darth Vader. I was just like laughing because the lightsaber battle was so bad. But I get it. It's older, but it was just it let me down. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess I could see that from your standpoint. If you watched the prequels first, especially going from episode three, which has the best one in the whole series. And then the next movie uh, numerical wise has probably the most un I don't know what word to use. I guess the most unanimated on. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So I could see that being a problem. But other than that, I mean, dude, the originals are high quality films. The prequels can't say that about those. I mean, the only one that's like considered good is episode three and it's got a lot of problems. And I think episode one is all right. I don't mind that one. Episode two, absolutely garbage. The worst one in the whole entire series. Literally everybody agrees with that. I mean, that movie is horrible. It's awful. Uh, the only thing I got to say is I think that the original trilogy really benefits from an older generation. And by that, I mean it was held in such high regard at the time that it came out because it was such a breakthrough in film. Yeah. But I think that it kind of hides behind that. As in, like, we were so Dude, good episode then, five is good. Kinda, well, that movie's fantastic. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It's just, I don't know. It wasn't bad. Trey, oh no, my listen, gosh. I'm not, I've said it wasn't bad. It was a good movie. That's what that means. It's the best movie in the whole series. Three is the best movie in the whole series. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have, you made me step away from the mic for a second. Dude. <laughs> I cannot believe you just said that. Now, I can see like, you know, like a 12-year-old saying that. A 12-year-old, Trey. But come on, dude. Come on. How could you think that? Look, we're getting nowhere with this, Andrew. I'm no, sorry. I just, I, I just feel don't this understand. Way, man. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, man, I'm not like, I mean, I don't care, dude. I just don't understand hey, you how care you a think that. Bit. I do care a little bit. But I was going to say something else. I was just going to like, you know, well, I was going to say people probably think we're really weird for doing this. But like, man, I'm telling you, I cannot believe you think Look, that. I'm sorry I disappointed you, but how about we move on to something that we can more agree on, okay? Okay, yeah, so that's fine. Some, what do you want to talk about? So we had a few listener questions this week, as we did last week and the week before. Um, <laughs> so anyway... Let's just move on to something just completely different. Uh, no, I was laughing about, because this time you said listener questions. <laughs> and again, you put it on the script. You said fan questions again. Did I really? Yeah. This is week. This oh, is the I second did. week in a yep. row where you make fun I of me. Did. Well, I did. I didn't glad even write <laughs> So, well, I'm glad you questions. caught my mistake. Um, no. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we picked a couple of them that we thought were pretty good. So uh, the first one is, should umpires be replaced by an automated autom automated strike zone? Sorry, I can't read. Uh, obviously not. Like, that's my yeah, feeling. I say like, no. Sports yeah, were built no. on human error. And I think, honestly, like, replay to an extent can be bad. I don't think we've gone that far yet. But I think an automated strike zone would take out everything that we've built. Because it's like... That because you're playing the ump as much as you are the batter. Because it's like, mm -hmm. you know, with certain referees, after an inning or so, it's like, all right, he calls strikes low. So it's like, it's part of your game to adjust to that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So and I, mean, I think my, I think I had the same exact argument um, probably like, what, episode three or four, like a little while back. It's pretty crazy, a little while back. This is episode 11. But um, I had the same argument. I was like, you know, 
why in the world? I, I disagree with the fact that they added the um, you can in, um, replay on pass interference now. I don't like that, but I, I mean, not to get that started on it again, but then to me, that's the same thing. I just think the human error is a part of the game. I enjoy it. That adds to the drama. And like you said, it, it's part of the game too, in a way where you have to like learn what the umpire does and then change your game to match that and do a better job. Yeah. And, and I think and, that makes it fun. And the great ones can do it, you know? Exactly. I think that what's, that's what separates a lot of players. And uh, so, yeah, no, my answer is absolutely not. I think that would really change the yeah. game in a bad way. Short, sweet, to the point. Next question. Yep. Uh, and I know we've been dancing around this one. Why did the Giants not take Dwayne Haskins? The Giants did not take Dwayne Haskins because they're dumb. <laughs> That's the best answer I can possibly give. Dude, I literally have no idea why they took Daniel Jones. I don't know what they saw in him because from what I understand, the dude was still going to be available at pick number 17. See, okay. I, I read a few quotes from David Gettleman, the Giants GM, about this. He said... He said he knows for a fact Daniel Jones wouldn't have been there. and He's dumb. And, He's yeah, wrong. And listen, and then uh, reports came out later that John Elway said that Gettleman tried to trade down to 10 with the Broncos, but the Broncos weren't having it. So, uh, so yeah, just, I don't know, take that with a grain so of salt. So maybe they didn't think he was worth a number six pick, but they couldn't trade down and they knew they wanted him. Yeah, and I can't I guess fault that's him. The best but I can't fault him for that. Like, if, if he's your guy, go get him. I just think Daniel Jones is the wrong guy. Well, I mean, like, even a lot of draft analysts were like, they put him in, like, a fourth-round pick. I mean, I just they, don't understand. Pro football I really focus, don't. Pro Football Focus had Ryan Finley, the fourth-round quarterback from NC State, rated higher than Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, the guy played terrible against big teams. I mean, did you see that game against yeah, was, Clemson last year? I think he, they and, said you know, he was a one in five against ranked teams in his career. Yeah, and, I mean, to be fair, it was Clemson last year. Clemson it, won the national championship, but still, he played awful. A number six pick should at least hold their own. Yeah, I can. I see what you're saying. It's like even though Kyler lost against Alabama, he dude he balled out. I mean, he put up know? numbers. Yeah, yeah, he put up numbers. Exactly. He might have lost, but he he actually showed out and he showed why you know a lot of people thought he should be the number one pick. Right. So I don't understand it. I guess the is the best way I can answer your question. Um, but man, I think they really screwed up, especially the fact that Haskins came to their division. He was drafted by a team in their division, so I'm very, very excited about that. I think that's one of the things I liked the most about the Redskins pick was I was like, dude, now they're going to have to play each other. And gosh, I really hope Daniel Jones gets the opportunity to be the starter and same for Haskins and they have to play each other. And man, I think Haskins is going to win that battle. Because the Redskins are already a better team in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I I really I don't know how any other way to answer the question because I don't understand why they did it. I think they messed up, and I think a lot of people think that way as well. And I think I'm right there with you on that one. So, um, there's your answer on that one. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know why. Thank they you for asking, questions. though. We really yeah. appreciate it. So thanks to anyone that sent questions. Please send more if you want to talk. If you want to hear us talk about them, um, I think we're done here. You got anything else yep, you want to say, so. Andrew? Uh, yeah, like you said, thank you for the questions. Uh, it doesn't even have to be questions. It can be a topic that you want us, you know, to touch on, whatever it is. Thank you for listening. Have a great week and God bless you. All right. See y'all.